Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Monday night means heroes and villains. 1-300-736-736. Your nominations for each heroes and villains on a Monday night. We'll have a look at the road home for the teams in top eight contention. Yes, indeed. Ivor Warren Smith votes uh, as well tonight. Before we finish up, uh, just at 8 o'clock, uh, Brett Phillips, the uh, one-and-a-half-hour edition of the First Serve special Wimbledon uh, platform to launch off uh, the biggest tournament in tennis. So absolutely deserving of an hour-and-a-half tonight. The NBL show back at 9.30, myself and Pete Hooley, just to wrap up and put a nice little bow around the NBL season. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number for heroes and villains. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Just uh, reiterating a couple little pieces of news that have come through. Uh, Dev Robertson is the Round 15 NAB Rising Star nominee. 16 disposals, five score involvements, four tackles and four intercept possessions in the comprehensive Lions uh, victory over Geelong uh, up at uh, the Gabba. Uh, and someone texted through that before saying as, as, as impressive as the performance was, don't forget that Joel Selwood uh, did have a calf issue pre-game and uh, was off all night. So I don't think Devin gave Selwood a bath. That's just ridiculous. I didn't, did I say he gave him a bath? I'm, I'm not sure. I just said that I think he did a really good job on him to keep uh, one of the greatest of the modern era to the 13 disposals. Uh, calf injury or no is a very good performance from a guy um, who... It's a, it's a fascinating story, that one from Dev Robertson, isn't it? The flown over, I think he was WA skipper. Uh, everyone thought he would go top 10 was the prediction from, from many. Certainly first round. And uh, unfortunately, his name wasn't called on the first day of the draft. So he had to get up and go back the next day. And Brisbane were able to do some wheeling and dealing. And they were just stunned that he'd fallen to where he had. And they made the right moves to, to pick up that player. And he's got future captain written all over him, doesn't he? I mean, he's got real leadership qualities. He doesn't look phased. He makes good decisions with ball in hand. He's not a he's no fuss or no frills player, but he certainly seems to have a lot of strings to his bow. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like about Dev Robertson. So he's the round 15 NAB Rising Star 
nominee. Uh, the Goal of the Year and Mark of the Year nominations this week, uh, Pelly uh, for the Dogs at left foot snap, Harrison Jones for the Bombers, Adam, Sna- Adam Saar, the running goal uh, against Adelaide, Charlie Cameron's mark against the Cats is a Mark of the Year nomination for Round 15. Aaron Norton, of course, in uh, the thrashing that the Dogs gave uh, the West Coast Eagles. And Tim O'Brien, Hawks fans have been waiting a long time to see him clunk one of those. I think he gets hands to one or two of those every week and this time brought it down. Um, and it was absolutely worthy of goal of the year. I've got him I've got him on bronze on the podium at the moment. Rewalt, Bolton, O'Brien. That's the that's that's the podium for me at the moment in the mark of the year. Uh one three hundred seven three six Some injury news that's come through tonight as well. Uh Collingwood Bo McCreary out for six weeks, hamstring injury against Frio. Matt Taberner's gonna miss a ma- about a month of footy. But Nat Fife should be back for the Dockers as well. Uh, off the text uh, has come through. Seriously, why can't people give credit where credit's due? The Lions absolutely you, did you know what to Geelong. Why do people always make excuses? I'm a Tiger supporter, by the way. Cheers, Andrew. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure who was, Andrew, but you, you'll get no argument from me. Um, just having a look at the Lions run home, we're going to go through all the teams that are still realistically in the hunt for a top eight berth this year and, and what their run home looks like. Well, the Lions have only got to play two top eight teams on the way home. So they've got a really good run in the back end of the season. Uh, they've banked their wins in the front half. They got off to a, a rocky start this year, but turned it all around uh, in a big, big way. And you, they they will end up finishing top two again. So for the third year in a row, they should finish top two and looking to get beyond a prelim uh, this year, after Geelong touched them up in the prelim last year. So you get no argument from me on that one, Andrew. Uh, 0433 98 11 16, 736 736. Now, a, a, a request came through last week to change the Heroes and Villains opener to a Beach Boys song, but we didn't get a chance to find that song during the week, but I'll try and find it during one of the ad breaks. So for the person who sent through the text last week, I apologise, but the opener hasn't been changed, but we'll, we, we will look into it and take it under advisement. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains on a Monday night. Uh, I'll let you open the bowling uh, tonight. Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. Uh, take it away, Mark. You have the new ball, and you can send down the first delivery. Alrighty, mate. Well, everyone knows I love to hate Essendon. I hate them, but I will say this: I was watching the game the other night. How Melbourne were allowed to be given that goal when the Essendon player Hines was blatantly pushed into the goalpost. He was pushed into the goal. There's no two ways about it. And the player did it on purpose, the Melbourne player. That was dangerous. And, yeah, I just thought that the Melbourne player was a bit of a villain. 
So, um, yeah, that's my uh, villain for the night. Uh, Mark, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to have to go back and find that I've heard a couple of people talking about the goalpost incident. I was actually watching that game. I don't know if I went off to the facilities at that point or just to refresh uh, the beer, but I actually didn't see it. So I'm going to have to go back and have a look before I make a judgment on it. But I thank you for getting us underway tonight with Heroes and Villains. I've got a, a list a mile long from the, from the weekend as well, but I'd much prefer to hear yours first. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Michael's in Reservoir. Hello to you, Mick. Evening, um, Sammy. I've got a hero and villain. My hero would have to be Aaliyah Aaliyah for taking that crucial mark against Budweiser. Yes. Yeah, that was an interesting battle, wasn't it, throughout the night? And those two seemed to enjoy it, the former teammates. They got right into it. Yeah, um, they did. And my villain, I'm not sure you're aware, but um, to that spectator that ran out in front of the horses at Newcastle races on the weekend, another, you know, incident of someone running out, you know, yeah, pretty stupid, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. C- couldn't agree more. Um, y- if if you want to put your own life in jeopardy, that I, I, I feel for you and I, I hope that you don't. I hope you look after yourself and I hope that you uh, take care of yourself. But if you want to put your own life in jeopardy, that's your choice, but don't put other people's. That, that That's when, you're, when we know you're a rubbish human. Um, if... If you're trying to put other people's lives in jeopardy, which is what happens in those situations, same with the the person who hung the sign out in the Tour de France. The police are still looking for that person. And so they should be. The carnage that ensued off the back of that, just because you wanted to get a cardboard sign that nobody cares about, and trust me, nobody cares. And the thing about those sort of pest people is that that'll be on the news for a night and then you've forgotten. Same with streakers. Um, like those two flogs who thought that they were comedians who ran out in front of something a little while ago. And again, I can't remember their names because no one ever will remember those people's names. Um, yeah, don't do that. That's that's a fantastic villain nomination. Uh, Josh is in Wallen. G'day, Josh. Yeah, hey, man. Um, my, i got two uh, heroes. Uh, the first one's Adam Saad. He's finally put in the game that we, we wanted him to do as a blue bagger, and he, you know, he turned that game on his head first. But the major one's um, Captain Cripper. Uh, take, taking a pay cut to sign a six-year deal when he easily could have gone home to WA for at least a million. Um, and then put then on the back of it, goes out and puts on a superhero performance. You know, that people questioning his loyalty to Carlton can't question that anymore. No, absolutely. I don't know if anyone was ever questioning his loyalty. I thought the male was always pretty strong that he was going to stay. It was just a matter of for how long and for how much. Um, But I have always been a a big believer in, given the sacrifices that that bloke had to make to his body to just carry the load from his second year. I I cannot remember another player. I've said this a couple of times. Tell me another player who had to put the whole team on his shoulders from a contested ball point of view and a clearance point of view from just their second year in the game. Uh, So he has been battered from pillar to post because he has had to step into the coalface ahead of people far more senior. And and he's never complained once. So the fact that they're looking after him now, I think is absolutely deserved uh, for Paddy Cripps. I mean, he has given his all, literally, mind and body to that footy club and they do owe him. 
they absolutely owe him. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. As Adam Saad, David King spoke about Saad's leadership, and it was highlighted on uh, the uh, first crack show. I saw them had found some vision of Adam Saad and the rundown tackle that he put on uh, in that game. I can't remember who he got, but he, he ran down someone. It was a it's actually a really good weekend of rundown tackles, wasn't there? Maynard did a couple of absolute rippers. Uh, against Fremantle. There was a Fremantle player who put one on as well. There was a couple in the Hawthorne GWS game as well. But this is what Kingy had to say about Adam Saad's leadership. They were in trouble, Carlton, early. The Crows were all over them on the scoreboard and Saad took it upon himself to break and dash and went straight through the middle of the And he bounced it. He bounced it. Not that there's any need to yesterday. You could have run as far as you like, as it turns out. <laughs> he, he knocked it through from just outside 50, and it was a big moment. It was, a, it was one of those ones you need from your senior core players, mm. and we've, we've been hard on Adam Saad, and rightly so. We've been hard on Zach Williams. He was pretty good too. Put him a hand out, you, you wear what comes the other way. And I, I just thought he, for him to say, come on, guys, let, let's get going. It was an action of a leader, and it was a moment that they needed. So well done, Adam Saad. Uh, David King, Sam Edmund, SEN Breakfast, filling in for Gary and Tim at the moment. Uh, always happy to, to know, to, to put my hand up when I might need to stand to be corrected. I guarantee you remember Helen D'Amico if you're a Carlton supporter. All right, I'll cop. Yeah, Helen D'Amico. Peter Hall's the other one. But of all, you think of all the, the, the streakers and, and pitch invaders and all those people throughout history... The fact that we only ever remember two. We don't even remember the name of the guy that uh, Andrew Simons ironed out like tomorrow's shirts in that uh, when he ran onto the, I think it was the Gabba, and he and Andrew Simons planted him like a tree, one of the best bumps you'll ever see. I don't remember that guy's name, but we remember it because of uh, Adam uh, Andrew Simons' response to it. So in all the streakers, in all of the time, in all of the pitch invaders, there's, we remember two. We remember two, and that's... Probably about two too many. Uh, Rock is in Epping. G'day, Rock. Yeah, g'day, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm good, buddy. Heroes and villains. Saturday night, I'm driving back from Pier 35 for the family gathering, and all of, all of a sudden I hear, I don't know, it was Kingy or someone, there's two pitch invaders, two girl pitch invaders just after the game. They'd run out on the G in, uh, in, in protest, mate. Um, that's... I don't know where they're going to get the money to pay for that fine, but uh, uh, villains, villains, villains. You don't run onto the, you don't run onto the pitch, mate. And the heroes, the security guards, that just took it just a, a little bit too far. But good on them. Uh, I actually, I'll have to go back and have a look at it, Rock. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Don't, don't be getting out on the pitch. That, that's not. If you, <laughs> it's a really simple one, isn't it? If you want to get out onto the pitch, be good enough to play. Or become a broadcaster like I did, and then you can go out there because I've got no business being out on there either. But sometimes you have to to do a little cross or something like that. But stay off the green stuff unless you unless you've actually earned the right or pay to do an MCG tour, a wonderful tour at the G and 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 all the sporting grounds. Do I've done one at the SCG. That was sensational. Stay off the green stuff. Couldn't agree with that more. A couple of nominations for people. Um, in their second year. Nathan Buckley for 26 years uh, at Collingwood. Uh, I have to go back and look at his numbers, but that's a good nomination. Chris Judd. No, Chris Judd didn't have to carry the load for West Coast. I mean, he, he walked into a midfield that had uh, Cousins, Kerr, uh, Embley, Chick. So, no, Chris Judd didn't have to do that uh, in, from his second year of football. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Greg's on the road with a hero and a villain nomination. G'day, Greg. G'day guys, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. Um, yeah, look, not so much a hero. Well, I'm probably going to 
I'm probably going to have to put Carlton as a hero from yesterday. I was at the game. I'm a Crow supporter, and uh, took my son along. He hadn't seen, hadn't seen. He's eight years old and been dying to watch footy. Pretty hard for him to get to watch his and his uh, interstate team from Melbourne. But uh, and it's been a long time to be able to get there. Um, he probably thinks he jinxed him because uh, he's only been in the footy twice and we've lost both times. But anyway, my hero, um, um, someone was talking about Saad before, and he, of course, was unbelievable. But um, who's the backman who um, came over from the Bulldogs, uh, number 14 for... Lockie Jones. Um, the Blues. Uh, sorry, Liam Jones. Yeah, he, Liam Jones, he outmarked Tilthorpe about two or three times. And uh, I, I thought they were just crucial moments when... Still thought was looking like he he wanted to um, do some breakout stuff for us, and he outmarked him. He'd have to be half a foot shorter than him, and giving away about ten, fifteen kilos. And I thought he was unbelievable doing that. And uh, yeah, the the Blues absolutely destroyed us by kicking that eight goal second quarter, and they were never never able to get back into it. They completely outplayed us in field play. I thought the whole game, and I thought we were lucky enough to be as close as we were. Yeah, that was a, that's an interesting game, isn't it? Um, and, and thank you for the call, Greg. Just on Liam Jones, uh, Max Lawton does a great job on the Fox Sports website, and his statistical stuff is really, really good. Uh, he put an article out last week about who wins the most one-on-one, uh, who win, which defenders win the most one-on-one contest. And Liam Jones is actually at the top of that list. Weedering's in the top four as well. Uh, Harris Andrews, I think, is two or three. So he's. We've, there's been a lot pointed out about the things Liam Jones doesn't do well and, and what Carlton as a defensive unit don't do well. But one of the things that he absolutely does well, and the stats are there to back it up, is win one-on-one contest. And uh, you brought up a couple of rippers there. But the game at Carlton Adelaide, and I'd love to hear it from both sides uh, of the equation as well. First eight scoring shots to two in the first quarter. I was stunned that Carlton started so slowly. And Adelaide had eight scoring shots but only could only manage two six and then that second term, well Carlton just explode an eight goal an eight goal second quarter. But then then it all started to tighten up a little bit after that, didn't it? Just the two goals in the second half, goalless in the last quarter, so another last quarter lost. That's why I don't have Carlton in my heroes this week. Uh, yes, well done on the win, but there was still some things that caused consternation and concern uh, and that that second half was was definitely that uh, they almost got run down again but a win is a win and you take it every day and in a week where they're about to go into the external review then the last thing they could afford was a loss so they only actually ended up winning one quarter of that game Carlton but hey that's sometimes uh, all it needs um one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Heroes and villains uh, on a Monday night. Keep your nominations coming through. I've got a fair few, uh, but I'd love to get yours first. And don't forget the temper text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains on a Monday night. I want to get your nominations. We're going to have a look at the run home for the teams uh, in and around the top eight as well before we finish up. And don't forget, you can text through your nominations zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. I like this from Michael uh, who wanted to give a hero nomination to the uh, the Essendon Football Club uh, for young Harrison who they brought out to toss the coin. You can see how much he enjoyed that moment. Uh, he's a, a young fellow that Essendon have got around in a big big way. 
away. Uh, there's a lot of love for the players to, to young Harrison, and he was there to toss the coin. And uh, Max Gorn as well, who had actually taken off to go back and, and got called back by Heppel to take the photo, and he, uh, of course obliged uh, Max Gorn and it was a beautiful moment and again just another example of the joy that that footy can bring to people's lives and that's footy at its best that, that that's the stuff that we want to be seeing football do and uh, and, and the joy in which it can provide, especially in people uh, in, in all different sorts of circumstances. So well done to the Essendon Football Club um, and well done to, to Max Gorn as well for being involved uh, in that beautiful moment. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Here's a couple of hero nominations, and these are the moments that cemented the hero nominations uh, for a couple of non-footy ones this week. They have scrapped and clawed at Melbourne United all series. Six seconds on the clock. Melbourne with a three-point lead. Player goes down off the ball. Landau takes it. Barlow throws it underneath. Barber says that'll do! Two-handed jam! And that is the ball game. Melbourne United, for the second time in their history, are NBL champions again. The Gatorade showers begin. It's a cold night for Vickerman. In front of 5,000 fans at John Kane Arena. There we go. Full-time whistle at Amy Park. It's a first title for Melbourne City, who add the championship to the Premiership. It's a dream first season for Paddy Kisnorbo as Sydney FC's reign as champions is brought to an end. And seven years after the City Football Group have taken over the club, they can finally say Melbourne City are champions of Australia. So the United live call uh, of Game 3, United getting their second ever title as Melbourne United, of course, and it'll hang now proudly next to the one that they won uh, in 2018 and the four that they won as the Melbourne Tigers. Uh, and they absolutely earned this one. They were the most dominant team of the regular season. But uh, Perth get a hero nomination for me as well because of the way in which they played that series. Yes, they got swept, but without their leading scorer and MVP, Bryce Cotton, who averages 23 points a game, they were single-figure margins in every one of of those games and they should be absolutely proud uh, of what they dished up. They pushed Melbourne United all the way and Melbourne City getting their first ever title in the A-League. Wonderful scenes, half capacity uh, at the stadium there and the City fans were revelling in that 3-1 win. Uh, so congratulations to Melbourne City. The top of the A-League tree, it's been coming for the last few years. They lost in the decider last year to Sydney FC and they get the ultimate revenge beating the team that denied them last year. So congratulations to Melbourne City. That was just uh, wonderful to see. And how good are Melbourne teams uh, during COVID seasons? Last year, the Storm, the Tigers, the Vixens, and now this year, City and Melbourne United. Um, maybe next year for the Melbourne Rebels uh, in the rugby. Uh, Ross in East Melbourne, a hero and a villain nomination from you? Yeah, yeah, Sam. I've got one. Uh, I've got a hero and a villain. I reckon it's the same guy, Braden Maynard for Collingwood on yep. the weekend. He probably had a really good game. He probably had, I'd probably say, a, a very good game. He did. Um, but probably had a couple of incidents in the game where he thought, geez, he's, he's cost us a goal there, uh, especially the one in the last quarter. A bit of a brain, a bit of a brain fade from him. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's my hero and my villain uh, for the week, I reckon. But, yeah, he, yeah, 
I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a very good footballer, but he is, he's just a little bit frustrating as a Collingwood fan to watch sometimes because he, he is prone to brain fades even though he does some really great team things. Uh, yeah, Ross, I think every team would love to have Braden Maynard in them. You'd love to have him play for you. And I've got to be very careful what I say. If I go too hard on Braden Maynard, the beautiful Evie will change the locks and I won't be allowed into the house. But you're, it's a great nomination because on one side of the coin, uh, they were undersized in defence, so he starts out by playing tall. Then he goes uh, back to playing uh, his role once Tabner had gone off injured. And a couple of his rundown tackles that were rewarded with holding the ball for his kicks were just superb. Uh, I, I have the rundown tackle right up there with hangers and uh, miracle goals as one of the great highlights of our game. And he executed two which were crucial uh, in what Collingwood uh, and where that game was at and what Collingwood were attempting uh, in order to get their third win in a row. But, yeah, the, the 50 metre didn't need to be given away. And there are people that would – and, yes, the decision was was woeful. I mean, as I saw a tweet, I think it was from Jason Bender, he said he's the first player ever to be done for front on contact that didn't make contact, and he didn't. And he got every right to be steaming, but it doesn't give you every right to just uh, give a gobful on repeat to the umpire, who did let him go for a while. Let him go, hold, didn't give the ball back. Let him go, let him go, let him go and watch it again. Let him go, let him go, and then went, oh, I've had just about enough. Had just about enough. So I think it was the 50 was justified. The free kick wasn't. And uh, unfortunately, that's just sometimes the, the way it goes. But it was crucial. 15 minutes to play, scores level, and Freeman will end up getting a win. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Ross, thank you for your nomination. Um, a couple of others here from me. Um, the Bulldogs, uh, David King and Sam Edmonds spoke about them a little earlier today. Lockie Hunter um, was on the program they haven't had a break like the other teams have during their bye. They actually kept training after the Fremantle game because they weren't sure what was going to happen with their ability to travel and where they might need to go to. So they they stay fresh. They keep training. They don't get a break and they're away from home. Uh, they then have to go to WA and quarantine and they come into a game against West Coast who would have been up and about over the fact that they were getting three All-Australians and an Orm Smith medalist back into their side uh, on their home deck. Yes, there were no fans and maybe that helped out the Western Bulldogs, but West Coast just don't really lose games at home, although they've dropped a couple now this year that are really... There's no chance of making top four now, but uh, they may even hurt their top eight chances um, given how tight it's going to be to finish the season. But they did a number. On the Eagles, that was a humiliation. These are two top eight teams, and you wouldn't have thought if that was your first time watching footy, you would have thought that the Dogs were the greatest team ever, and West Coast were a, a bunch of ST rugglers, and that's what they looked like. Marcus Bontempelli is the Brownline medalist, and whilst I still have Dusty on the top of the tree, Marcus Bontempelli is the be- currently currently on current form. He's at the top of the tree. Uh, Aaron Norton might end up being on the top of the tree for key forwards at, at the end, and he might actually be the difference come September for the Western Bulldogs. Currently equal first in the competition for contested marks. And and then if you go into a September knowing you've got the best midfielder in the game and the best key forwards, you're going to be very confident. Uh, and when they've got uh, Dunkley, Trelaw to come back, there's a couple of people, I think, to shore up their defence. Uh, they're going to be really tough to beat if they play like that every week, the Bulldogs. And they could have actually made it so much worse. They kicked 13-20 in the end. But uh, just from what they've been going through over the last few weeks, uh, no complaints from them either, no whinging. 
They just go in and they get the job done and they get out of there with a massive W. Uh, I thought St Kilda deserve a hero nomination this week. Uh, deserved scrutiny for them. They've been pretty woeful this year. But um, to do that kind of number on the Tigers, the reigning premiers, who hadn't been in great form, I know, but that's their lowest score since 1961. They hadn't been in that bad of form. And Luke Dunstan to get 32-1 and one, uh, was persona non grata, wasn't he, earlier on in the year? He's just worked his way back into this team. And his last month has been sensational. Dusty had 22-1, and one, but Luke Dunson absolutely got the better of that. And they took away Richmond's greatest strength, which was scores from turnover. Uh, so they deserve a hero nomination this week to the St Kilda Footy Club. The Lions we've already spoken about, but to dominate a top-four team like they did against the Cats. And there's an old saying, work smart, not hard. Now, I'm not saying the Lions don't work hard, but they work smart. When you, when you have a look at the numbers, so Geelong were... 347 to 295 disposals. So they're plus 52 in disposals, Geelong. But the efficiency of Brisbane, 53% going inside forward 50, just 38% for the Cats. The Lions were just so well set up defensively. So the Lions lose clearance. They lose hitouts. They lose contested ball. They lose uncontested ball. You go through all the numbers, but what they win is 17 to 9 marks inside 50 and 10 to 5 contested marks. So they just go direct. They ask a question of you every time they've got the ball. They don't muck around with the footy, Brisbane. They are just foot down. They they can play it slow when they need to, but even when they play it slow, it's not a stuff around playing it slow. Chip and back and forth and side to side. I can remember, uh, and this is no offence to Justin Lepich, but I can remember back in about 2015 when um, Brisbane were just not in a good way and um, they were chipping sideways, chipping sideways and their home fans were actually booing them because they just didn't like that brand of footy. Well, they have had nothing to boo about for a very long time, the Brisbane faithful. And look at them turn up and turn out, big crowds at the Gabba and, and they get rewarded with a exciting, with an exciting brand of footy, a direct take-the-game-on brand of footy that's just, for the passive fan as well, that's great to watch, isn't it? It's enjoyable to watch that kind of footy when it's not your team. And I've often asked this question, who's the team other than your own that you would absolutely pay your hard-earned money to go and see? Well, I've got a soft spot for Brisbane, uh, as you might, you might know. But as a Hawthorne member, I've absolutely got Brisbane in the top couple for me of who I'd pay my hard-earned to go and see other than my own team. Absolutely, I'd put Brisbane in that. To do that to a top-four side in the way in which they did it, and I love the way that they go about it. It's good footy to watch. Direct, long, strong, take the game on. Uh, Buddy, a hero nomination. Uh, he'll get a villain nomination too. Um, another head-high collision. It's a couple in the last few weeks for him. But to be sixth all-time on the all-time goal kickers list is a remarkable achievement. Yes, he's played more games than everybody else ahead of him. But it was pointed out last week, I think it was by Tim Watson, and I love this point that he made, that Buddy Franklin, of all the people ahead of him, he's the only one that has played his whole career in the fully professional era and in the team defence era. He started in the very heart of the flooding era. So 2004, he gets drafted, 2005. So that 2005, 2006, that was when Sydney and West Coast had those close grand finals, but it was all flood. I mean, it was the rains are here. It was flood city. So he's played his whole career in team defence, so less inside 50s, very few one-on-ones, and he has still kicked... 973 goals to be sixth all time. That is an extraordinary effort. Still 
one of the players that I'd have at the top of the tree uh, as players who I would go and see play every day of the week and in the top three best that I've ever seen in my life. one three hundred seven three six seven three six Heroes and Villains on a Monday night. Give us your nominations. Sporting Capital, SEN. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Richmond is facing the reality that eventually catches up with all the dynasties. The Tigers are done. I'm calling it and it's taken me some time to get here. But there's no turning the ship around from here. They're one and six against top eight sides. They are three wins and four losses at their once fortress MCG. There's a blueprint to stop Dusty. The captain, Trent Cochin, isn't influencing games like he once did and injuries are mounting up. On Friday night, they were held to just 22 points in a primetime slot against the bottom six side. That doesn't happen to premiership contenders. Most concerningly of all, though, is their trademark hunger, aggression and distinct style of play is gone. Kane Corns has put a line through the Richmond Footy Club going three in a row and getting their fourth in five years, which would separate them from that pack that includes Brisbane, Geelong and Hawthorne, especially for Brisbane and Hawthorne, uh, who got three in a row themselves, but they were never able to get that fourth uh, in a five-year window. one three hundred seven three six seven three six off the text, beware of the Tiger three-peat. Uh, are you willing to ride off Geelong just, uh, sorry, ride off Richmond just yet? Uh, speaking of Geelong, Muzz is in Geelong with a hero and villain nomination. G'day, Muzz. Hello. I'm well, thank you. The the hero is, of course, the CFC footy side. Uh-huh. And the villain, we've had him three weeks in a row, two in Sydney, one here, Ray Chamberlain. I've got mates that keep telling me that he doesn't like to pay Patrick Cribbs a free kick when he's held. Now, I know I can't see, but I'm only going by sighted people. And, Ray, open your eyes and bounce. If you can't bounce a ball properly, don't bounce it. Muzzer, could I ask you, are you, the friends that are telling you this, are they Carlton fans? Uh, one is, the other's Geelong, and one's Melbourne. Okay. I haven't noticed it, but I'll keep an eye on it. Um, umpires... and, 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 I mean, I'm not, hang on. I'm not bagging him as a person. I'm bagging the umpire. The person's probably a lovely person, but the position he's got influences what I enjoy. That's all. Thank you, Muzz. Uh, umpire's on the agenda after some people took exception to uh, the 50-metre penalties paid against Devin Smith and also Braden Maynard over the weekend. And uh, Dwayne Russell just uh, reiterated a point that I've been making for several years now, and he's absolutely on board, that at least some of our umpires need to be fully... Uh, full-time uh, in the competition. It's a, it's a really interesting take from Dwayne, sen.com.au, to hear the full podcast. Um, but I would I cannot uh, emphasise how much I think it is time that we at least get a core group of umpires that are uh, full-time and fully professional. We, we hold them to a higher account anyway than the fully professional players. We seem to want them to be infallible and perfect when we don't expect the same thing from our full-time, fully professional players. So um, why not get them <laughs> day in and day out? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 Dwayne also spoke today about he's not riding off Richmond. So Kane putting a line through them. Are you putting a line through them? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm still not prepared to put a line through them, but they are on my villains nomination. Their lowest score since nineteen sixty one against the St Kilda side um, 
that could barely string together a sentence, let alone four quarters of footy uh, throughout the course of this year. And uh, they were made to look a little bit foolish by that St Kilda side. So uncharacteristic, um, but their numbers against top eight sides aren't good this year either. But I, I still just don't have it in me to fully write them off just yet. But, yeah, the the pulse is slowing, but potentially. The pulse is slowing. They're not flatlined yet, but it's certainly... It's concerning uh, at this stage. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 4 3 98 11 16 couple of the hero nominations uh, from the weekend. Uh, went under Lockie Neal, becomes the third fastest player to 5,000 disposals behind uh, Deezer Williams and Adam Trelaw. I thought Sean Darcy was fantastic in the matchup with Brodie Grundy. Great to see Brodie Grundy back, and it's still so perplexing when he comes back in because he's such a good player. Uh, he kicked a couple of goals. He looked really damaging when he went forward. I much, I really do like it when they put him forward as opposed to letting him just sort of be a fifth on ball uh, accumulating around the ground. I think he could do some real damage uh, in a, with a, for a side, Collingwood, that still doesn't have a dominant out-and-out key forward and is still trying to find who that person is and whether or not they even have that person yet. Um, so it was great to see Grundy back. Again, though, inexplicably, he comes back in after beating Melbourne in clearance and centre clearance. Um, with Max Lynch, Brody Grundy, one of the best in the caper, comes back in and they get beaten again in centre clearance and the clearance around the ground. And the man that had the most clearances was Sean Darcy, who lost the hitouts by eight to Grundy, but competed so well with him around the ground. Had eight clearances, five of those centre clearances, clearances to lead all comers. I thought that was worthy of a hero nomination in a close game that Fremantle won. Uh, the Hawks... Well, the Giants should have wiped the floor with Hawthorne. If they're any, if they believe that they're a top eight side, the Giants should have wiped the floor with the Hawks. But uh, the absolute opposite happened. There's some serious talent coming through the ranks. Uh, Liberty X had it right when they sung "Give Me Just a Little Bit More." Dylan Moore, what a star! Uh, kicked the four, and last year was delisted, and then re-rookied. Uh, he's kicked 20 goals for the year now, and it's a great story of the season. Uh, Tim O'Brien finally hangs on to one that. He's been threatening to do since I think he came to the Hawks in about 2014, 2015. Uh, John uh, Denver Granger Barras only had the seven possessions, but took four or five marks. Three of them were fantastic. Uh, one was contested, but a couple two that were intercept, and he was getting in the face of players, uh, not 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 disrespectfully, but stood up for himself. Seemed to really like the cut and thrust of the cape, but he looks an extraordinarily good prospect. Will Day is a future captain. I really like John Newcomb. We all knew he could tackle, but did you know he had a 60-metre cannon uh, that he was able to unleash? I didn't, and it was uh, exciting to see from a Hawks' point of view. Another hero nomination, Sammy Mays. Uh, for Port Adelaide fans, you'll like this. So Buddy puts on a show, kicks the first three of the last quarter. We think Buddy's going to take this by the scruff of the neck and the Swans are going to get home at the Adelaide Oval. Sam Mays was actually playing Sandful and at halftime got told, actually, we need you to play ones. So off he goes. He gets there just before the bounce to replace Hamish Hartlett. Last year, you'd remember that he delivered the ball to Robbie Gray for him to kick the goal after the siren to beat Carlton. He's kicked the goal that got them back in front and steadied the ship, coming on as the injury sub, um, was already playing a game of footy, walked in the door with his muddy boots from Prospect Oval. <laughs> and that's just, uh, I'm absolutely wrapped for him. He's a ripping fella, Sam Mays, and hasn't had a heap of opportunity at, at Port Adelaide given the, the strength of their list. But every time he gets a chance, he delivers. And that's all you can ask for from uh, your fringe players. So uh, hero nomination for him. And also, too, for Frio, the only team. So Richmond, 
hold the door open to the top eight house and they wave you in. They wave in the Giants. They wave in Essendon, who, fair enough, had to play the, the team on top of the ladder. But Fremantle had to beat Collingwood and the Giants had to beat Hawthorne. Richmond hold the door open and say, come on in. We've tidied up the joint for you. We're not that fussed at the moment. Um, you can have the joint for a little while. We'll pop out and uh, you can take our place in here for the time being. They did everything but play the game for Fremantle and the Giants. And Fremantle were the only team that took advantage of it. Um, they're out on percentage, but they had to get a win to stay in touch. And that's exactly what they did. So hero nomination for them. And on the flip side of that, the Giants, you had one job. Villain nomination, you had one job. And you had one job a couple of weeks ago when you'd, all you had to do was beat the 18th team and you got a draw. All you had to do this week was beat the 17th team and you couldn't do it. So the Giants won't play finals this year, which is a shame because I had them in my eight uh, to start off the year. Uh, we'll finish up with a couple of villains on the other side of this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Some MRO findings are in as well. I'll reveal those to you on the other side, but you can have your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen 736 736 0433 98 11 off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, Eagle Liam Ryan has been offered a one-match ban for his bump on Jason Johannesson in the loss to the Bulldogs, 55 points uh, yesterday. Uh, so he chose the bump. Johannesson had the ball, made contact with his head. No concussion symptoms for Johannesson, but he chose the bump. He got him high uh, and he gets a week. Zach Williams has been uh, offered a week uh, for a rough conduct charge against Ben Keyes in the melee that ensued from the uh, the Darcy Fogarty sort of late collection cannon into the back of Jacob Wietering. And I don't think he's actually copped anything for that. He just got the melee charge. I'll get uh, Julio to check that out for me. But I don't I think Fogarty's only just been uh, fine for getting involved in a melee. Uh, but Zach Williams' rough conduct uh, for Ben Keyes in the resulting fracas that ensued after that. So a heap of other players have got fines for being in the melee uh, as well. Uh, off the text... In terms of Richmond, write them off, mate. The Tigers are done and dusted. You could hear it in Dimmer's voice in his post-match presser. I think he even knows it. That's from Pat in Hawthorne. This was Damien Hardwick uh, after the game in the loss, the 40-point, after the 40-point loss to St Kilda on Friday night. I'd like to think we're a proud footy club and we don't let people down too often, don't let our fans down. But, you know, I thought tonight we just couldn't, didn't fire a shot. Um, it was incredibly disappointing. Yeah, you know, generally we, we look and we, we surge at some stage, but we never felt that probably happened at any stage tonight. You know, a lot of credit goes to the Saints. They played some really good footy, but you know, I was disappointed that at no stage we probably challenged the side that we, you know, we thought we could beat. So that was Damien Hardwick uh, after that loss, and I think that shocked a lot of people. Just two goals kicked in it. Just two goals from a side that just scores for fun uh, on, you know, in their last two grand final years, they've been in the top three for goals for uh, a game and just the two goals in it and against a side that we've been critical of their defence throughout the course of the year, St Kilda. Uh, a couple more off the text, hero nomination for Luke Dunstan, plays for the jumper, villain, the woman at the Tour de France holding the cardboard sign out to cause the peloton crash. That was just disgraceful. What a buffoon. Who just the most moronic and dangerous thing and the carnage that it caused and police still uh, on the hunt for that person. Uh, villains have to be the Bombers fans for booing Hibbert. Did they forget the reason he left? 
that's uh, an interesting nomination. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, off the text, uh, all Australian top forty for Liam Jones. Um, Geelong put the queue in the rack after half time. We'll see how good the Lions are. Finals time. They choked last year. That's from Michael. Michael, is that a villain nomination for Geelong? If you think they gave up at half time, that certainly warrants a villain nomination. I just think they were outplayed. I just think they came up against a better team on the night and they had no answers for them. Uh, a couple more on pitch invasions. The best was the piglet at the SCG. Great story from a Sydney cabbie. Woof, woof, go dogs. That's from Davo. In Parkdale, villain Ray Chamberlain for the high tackle against Sam Walsh. That's from Steve in Narry. I don't know what that one's referring to. I'll have to go back and uh, have a look at that. Fogarty just got the $1,000 charge for being in the melee, so there was no uh, penalty for him just cannoning into the back of Jacob Wiedering. I would have thought that probably warranted a charge more than a charge for a charge. Oh! There's that music that just pops up when it says it's time for us to go. The other villain nomination for me is West Coast. That was as deplorable a performance as we've seen all year. You get three All-Australians and a Norm Smith medalist back. You're coming up against a side that's been on the road for weeks. You're at home, and that's what you dished up. Uh, there goes your top four chances, and it's interesting to see how they uh, go in getting to the line. So we didn't get a chance to go through the, the run home. We'll do that tomorrow night. Uh, in the sporting capital. Uh, but BP's got a bumper, hour and a half edition of the first serve up next, the first night of Wimbledon tonight. Uh, it is the biggest time of the year for tennis around the world and no better hands to be in by the voice of tennis on this station, BP. The first serve is up next. Thanks for all your calls and texts. Be back with the NBL show a little later. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.